Hey, this is Randy Gage, and you're listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Hey, podcast peeps, let's talk about unleashing your entrepreneurial genius. Hey guys, got something, uh, a nice change up for you today. This is actually a, uh, a um, rebroadcast of an interview that I did with Eric Dye on the Entre Enterprise Podcast Network. And it's all about entrepreneurism and the he has some really intriguing questions that I think apply to you whether you're an entrepreneur or just want to be successful in whatever your line of work is. Uh, we talk about failure and success, um, why people create breakthrough products or concepts and then slide back into mediocrity, um, how I came about predicting Brexit, gene editing, Uber, uh, Bitcoin, and all of those things in my Risky and my Mad Genius books. Um, my belief that everyone has genius in every area and kind of my grounding philosophy as an entrepreneur. So some great questions he asked. I think there's some real insights for you. So uh, we're going to give you the whole thing as it played on his podcast. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, give me a shout on Twitter and let me know what you think. Peace. You're listening to EPN, the ePodcast Network. This is Eric Dye, and once again, welcome to Enterprise Radio, your EPN channel for exclusive interviews with entrepreneurs, small business owners, and some of the world's top executives who are having great success. Today, we're speaking with New York Times bestselling author and entrepreneur, Randy Gage. Mr. Randy Gage is a thought-provoking, critical thinker who will make you approach your business and your life in a whole new way. Mr. Gage, a pleasure to have you back with us here on Enterprise Radio. Yeah, great to be back on with you. Yes, sir, and always great to have you with us and certainly appreciate your time once again. So for starters today, tell us, did you always want to be an entrepreneur? I don't know if I always wanted to be because I didn't know what that was when I grew up. I'm an old guy now. <laughs> so when I grew up, there nobody talked about entrepreneurs. There was most of us who worked, and then there were rich people who owned businesses. And I did want to be one of those rich people, <laughs> but I don't think I could have quantified that. But uh, I was just at 15, you know, I had a poor single mother raising three kids by herself. So I raked leaves, shoveled snow, babysat, washed cars, mowed lawns, you know, whatever I could to make money. So I, I did start as an entrepreneur at, at a very early age, but maybe wasn't really conscious of it. And I can certainly understand that. Now, I understand that you suggest people should strive to have, to have, excuse me, spectacular failures, really. Yeah. Yeah, because if, now I don't want to go overboard on this. There's a, you know, there's gurus and motivational speakers telling people, fail early, fail often, fail your way to success. You need more failures. I'm, I don't buy into all of that, but what I do buy into is that my greatest breakthroughs came from failures, and uh, my greatest success came because I was willing to risk failures. 
the people who really, the entrepreneurs who really break through, they have to be willing to, they have to understand there will be some failures along the way. And those are just stepping stones. That's part of the process. People always, if you ask the average person, what's the opposite of success, they would say failure. But I don't believe that's true. I believe the opposite of success is mediocrity and that failure is just part of the success process. That's what uh, allows us to change gears, make modification, learn new skills, grow as a business person, as a, just as a person. Uh, and that, uh, uh, you know, it would be nice if we only learned from success and we just kept having success. But for a lot of people, I know for me, when I'm, when I'm killing it, when everything's working, I'm probably not learning that much. I'm just like, wow. This thing is rolling. I'm just going to keep it rolling along. Whereas when I have a failure, I'm like, okay, why did that happen? Let's go back and look at this. How did, how did this business not work? What, what do I need to change? What do I need to learn? Who do I have to become to be successful in this? And that's so those failures can really give us the breakthroughs. Yeah, thanks for your perspective on that. Most helpful. Now, you note that even brilliant entrepreneurs sometimes create breakthrough products or concepts only to devolve into mediocre practices of the market space they want to disrupt. Why is the mediocrity trap so seductive? Oh, man. You know, I'm really going deep on this lately, I have to tell you. Uh, since you know, when since I was with you last, I've actually started my own podcast, which is called the Power of Prosperity Podcast. And um, I did a show on this maybe a week ago about our willingness to risk, and 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 what I was, and I think it's really relevant for the people listening to your podcast because if you look at the ultra high level achievers. Elon Musk, Oprah, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey, Richard Branson, um, they have such a different risk or reward ratio because any, anybody will tell you that the, the opponent you have to fear the most is the one who has nothing to lose, right? Like those teams that go to the Super Bowl, the World Series, and they're 25 to 1 underdogs and no one expects them to win. They have nothing to lose. They're just going to go out and play their game, have fun, and they actually could steal a win, right? And when we, but when you have something, when you're not the underdog, when you, so we start off, we're willing to take risks. So most brilliant entrepreneurs, they become successful entrepreneurs, they create the, breakthrough app or they did you know disrupt the industry or something and then they're the market leader and now they have something to lose and that's when instead of playing to win they're playing not to lose and to me that's what that's the mediocrity trap is whereas when you, you think about elon so he he starts paypal becomes it's a huge success. He becomes fabulously wealthy. And then he takes everything he's got and puts it into SpaceX and Tesla. 
And I remember Jason Calcena saying he, he had a coffee with Elon one day. and Hey, how's this new electric car thing going? And Elon told him, uh, well, we've got one week, and then I'm out of money for payroll. <laughs> and Jason went home and sent him a check for, I don't know, fifteen or $20,000 and said, hey, just want to let you know the new car sounds excited. And, you know, here's a deposit for when it gets done. And that's why Jason has, uh, uh, you know, Tesla number 001, because he sent that check to Elon. And Elon was one week away from going bust. Who would do that? Well, he would. You know, Oprah, the same thing. I mean, she had the most successful show since the Earth Quest cooled. And what does she do? She says, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop doing my show. I'm going to start my own network. So I think the the ultra achievers are the ones that, where the rest of us might get to the play it safe part because now we've had a big success. They, they're like, Hey, I, this is how I got here. I was willing to take risks before I'm willing to take risks now. Very well explained. And it is certainly easy to see how you could fall into that mediocrity trap for sure. Today we're joined by New York times, best-selling author and entrepreneur, Randy Gage. Once again, here on enterprise radio, a part of EPN, the Enterprise Podcast Network. You can also tune into his podcast, the Power Prosperity Podcast with Randy Gage, and definitely check that out. It looks like it's an awesome resource, no doubt, just by the reviews there. Now, in your book, Risky is the New Safe, you predicted Brexit, gene editing, and the rise of Uber and cryptocurrencies. How did you do that so early on, and what are the lessons for entrepreneurs there? Yeah, a couple of important lessons. Uh, first is I'm not a futurist, and entrepreneurs don't have to be a futurist. There are futurists out there, and they're brilliant. Dan Burris is one, right? Ray Kurzweil. Uh, they really can look around the corner, but even they would tell you the future is very easy to predict, predict because usually it's already here. It's just not evenly distributed yet. So I saw the blockchain was here. I saw people were looking at it for Bitcoin and things like that. And I knew, hey, this this is going to catch on. Uh, Uber, Lyft, Airbnb, you look at those, they were, you know, they were bubbling under. They weren't in mass consciousness. But the the clues were all there. I looked at, at the EU and looked at where... At that point, I think it was probably Germany and France had all of the economic power. It was very unfair to them and other nations. were. And I was like, this is not going to hold. At some point, somebody's going to say, hey, we're going to get out of here because this, this, this is like socialism for countries. And that doesn't work very well. And um, so just if we, we know that broadband is going to advance. We know that. Uh, it's going to be uh, very affordable and available everywhere on earth. It's not there yet, but it's already here and it's getting there. We know what's going to happen with gene editing, CRISPR technology, uh, cloning, all of that stuff. It, it's already here. So we just have to say, okay, is this a hard trend or a soft trend? Is this a cyclical trend or a linear trend? And when we see a hard trend, that's a linear, we can tell exactly how it's going to, almost exactly how it's going to end up. 
Good stuff there. And how do you see personal branding and social media impacting the game here? That's the biggest uh, uh, growth factor, I think, for the entrepreneurs listening now. Um, we all know what the Internet does. We all know what e-commerce does. But I don't think people have really understood that the Internet, internet is going to disrupt every industry on earth. And Coke is not safe. Nike is not safe. Public supermarkets and Walgreens Pharmacy and uh, retail malls, nobody is safe. And so you have uh, uh, people who are who have – there's a lot of channel conflict out there, right? So if you're Coca-Cola, you say, hey, we got nothing to worry about. We're a multi-billion-dollar brand. We're one of the biggest in the world. But the truth is, at some point, Amazon, Bezos is going to say, well, you know, if we sell – Bezos Cola instead of Coca-Cola, we get a higher profit margin. So let's promote that. And if, if Amazon owns 70% of the supermarket market, which they might at some point, that's a serious issue for Coke. So Coke is doing the right thing, and this is what everybody listening has to do, whether they're a real estate agent, a car salesperson, a copier salesperson, a medical supplier, a direct seller. Uh, they've got a mom-and-pop shop. They've got to build their personal brand, and they've got to use social media. They've got to use mobile apps. They've got to use tech to get connected directly with their clients and their customers because if there's someone in the middle, whether it's eBay, whether it's, you know, you've probably got a lot of people listening to this and they've got a great thing going on eBay or Amazon because they find some product, they get it manufactured in China, they resell it on Amazon, they got a nice markup. But if it's really a big market share, at some point Amazon's going to say, well, we can just make that ourselves. And they're going to squash you like a bug if you haven't built your personal brand and you don't have that direct connection to your customer. Tremendous points made. Thanks for that. Good stuff. Once again, now in your mad genius book, you rejected the notion that genius is just a function of IQ. In a nutshell, what are the key ingredients of genius thinking and behavior? Yeah. You go see the movie, A Star is Born, Bradley Cooper, Lady Gaga. That is mad genius. You see LeBron balling. You see uh, Messi on the soccer pitch. That is genius, right? I believe everybody has genius, but we all demonstrate it in unique and different ways. And so for entrepreneurs, you got to stop comparing yourself with other people. Stop looking at traditional uh, barometers like IQ, um, depending on the test you do, um, like Einstein. Einstein was considered just like almost learning disabled in all of his early years because he just didn't, he wasn't being challenged in the environment. Somebody like an Elon Musk, somebody like uh, even Zuckerberg or some of these other people who have built the unicorn businesses they didn't necessarily function well with the normal barometers, but they each had genius in their own way. And so everybody who's listening here, you got to say, what's my lane? I need to swim in my lane, not look at who's swimming in the lane on my left, who's swimming in the lane on the right. 
I just need to swim in my own lane and unleash my own genius. Mr. Gage, always good to have you. Love your approach and your style. And obviously, that's why we have you or have had you on multiple times here on the program. Lastly, in conclusion, what's your grounding philosophy as an entrepreneur? The way wealth is created is we solve problems and or add value. So every entrepreneurial venture, that's where you begin. You say, what are the problems we can solve? What are the value? What is the value we can add? Because if you can solve problems and add value, people will crawl naked over broken glass and throw their their credit cards to you because everybody wants to get their problems solved. Everybody's looking for more value. Mr. Gage, really great to have had you with us again. Thanks so much for your time. I'm sure listeners want to know where they can connect with you and uh, get access to your books. Uh, where's the best place online to connect and get those details? Yeah, randygage.com, main site. I'm on Twitter. I'm on all the social media. I have a new book coming out in July. It's called Direct Selling Success. So anybody who's in sales or direct selling, uh, that book will be for you. It's coming out July 23rd. Yet another awesome resource. Again, Mr. Gage, all the best, and look forward to our next conversation right here on Enterprise Radio. Thanks so much. Thanks. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We've been speaking with New York Times bestselling author and entrepreneur Randy Gage. And for further details and for contact, visit randygage.com. And this is Eric Dye, and you've been listening to Enterprise Radio, a part of EPN, the Enterprise Podcast Network. Tune in to our live location as we are streaming live 24-7 around the world at epodcastnetwork.com forward slash live. You can also find our live stream on iTunes Radio and TuneIn Radio, as well as the TuneIn Radio app for your listening convenience. And as always, we thank you for your support and for tuning in. This is the ePodcast Network. Hey, thanks for listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Do me a favor and practice the circulation law of prosperity and tell people about Prosperity TV. So if you would, just put something up on your Tumblr, your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube. Uh, Let people know what you think of the Power Prosperity podcast. Even take a screenshot of your phone and maybe post that picture uh, so we can build the community here at the podcast. Thanks, guys.